This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Let me mention uh, just some of the great things. I got a call um, yesterday from uh, Michael Guyton. You know his dad, uh, Fred. I've uh, been praying for him. He had uh, blood clots in his legs and his lungs. And they were putting, uh, doing surgery yesterday, put a stent in. And they uh, take him back, and evidently they uh, looked and they stopped everything and said there's no blood clots in his leg at all. And so then they, they checked the lungs, and the blood clots there are, are dissolving to nothing, they said. So there's a lot of rejoicing going on there, just a terrific uh, what God, God is doing. I give you an update on uh, Emory Temple. As you know, that um, Emory and Ryan Temple and that horrific uh, accident on the interstate. <clears throat> and um, Emory is, is home. Ryan is gone back to work. They've done surgery on his eye and stuff. Just a miracle that they lived through this. And um, David was uh, praying and <laughs> up there all the time at the hospital. But, um, and David and I were talking last week. He actually got the investigation report on this day. And we knew it was a miracle and nobody should have lived uh, in that car. And um, when David was, uh, we were just looking at it, reading through it, they actually got hit. The car was hit by that truck and it went airborne. That's what we didn't know. It, it actually went airborne. It's turning uh, clockwise in the air uh, and flips and somehow lands on its tires, skids in front of the truck that just hit them. Another car that this truck hits, the car slams into that truck, catches on fire, catches the truck on fire, and Ryan and Emery are connected in front, face-to-face, to that truck. And um, Kelly was telling me another part of the miracle, but the fireman, fire department out in Covington was having some kind of event or something. And uh, according to their protocol, um, Nobody hears this and gets in trouble. I don't know. Basically, their protocol, the pumper was not supposed to be with them. And uh, it was. And it was called and went to the scene to put the fire out. So they were not burned up. And just thing after thing was laid in, in, in line. And the two weeks in the hospital, uh, he progressed, Emory progressed four months worth. And it's just the hand of God. And uh, so it, it's exciting to, just to see what God is doing. Uh, we made a video. Joe, Joanne interviewed me. I don't know if you've seen that video. Facebook, <clears throat> please uh, take a look at and share whatever. I think we've had um, uh, 1.1K uh, views on it. So... But we're getting reports back, and we had a phone call from a pastor, uh, and this pastor 
uh, believes in healing and, and ministers healing, but was sick in his body. And, and he listened to this and said that somewhere in listening to this, something left him. And it was, uh, he said it was just a, a demonic attack. He said it left him and he was healed. Praise the Lord. Isn't that exciting? And then there was uh, another person that uh, Joe was telling me that actually listened and he gave his heart and life to the Lord and he was also delivered and set free. So God uses his word and uh, he is a healer and I'm so glad that God is still powerful. What he said in his word, he'll still do. Uh, what if uh, someone doesn't receive? We, we love them. You don't bring up at a funeral. Well, they should have got healed. And No, you love people. And we're all in the same boat. We all, none of us are perfect. We can, uh, we can all miss it. And uh, in fact, the, the word says, don't be entangled by the affairs of the, and the cares of this life. That can, we can all miss it. So we'll want to uh, talk about for just a few moments Oh, let me mention uh, Carlina, while I'm at it, uh, Chandler received, she's colorblind, and now she's not. And we had prayed for her, I guess it was a couple weeks before, and then she, and she caught me uh, not this past Sunday, Sunday before, and she said, I'm seeing colors. And she was so excited. It was so neat to see someone, you know, just so excited. And she saying she, uh, her husband was wearing a shirt. And this, uh, I can't remember who the other person was, was wearing a shirt. And she said, normally I couldn't tell this color. And she said, I can tell this color. I can see the difference. And uh, she took Jerry and she's picking out colors on Jerry's shirt <laughs> and, and stuff and it's just uh, it's so neat that nothing is impossible with the Lord so I'm going to speak just for a few moments on the importance of speaking the word of God the word of God uh, for healing and I think many times this is something that um, we know the truth but we, we let it slip and uh, it's not something that I, I think particularly you need to do in front of people. Most people don't understand what you're doing. If you're, you, you're saying that Jesus paid the price for your healing, I'm healed by Jesus' stripes, you're just opening yourself up for ridicule and uh, people don't understand, they don't understand. And we need to understand that they don't understand because we didn't understand at one time. If it wasn't for the grace and mercy of God, where would we all be? So we need to have that in our understanding. But there's a Japanese scientist, Masuro Emoto, and you've heard me mention one of the studies he did, but I find it just fascinating. He's the guy who studied water, and he took water from different sources. He took uh, river water, lake, creek, tap water, um, sewer water. He took all these different types of waters. He froze it and he analyzed it under a microscope and he found that those that came from a pure, more pure source had crystals and those that didn't were, they had uh, malformed 
crystals. It just wasn't right, you know. But the others were beautiful. And somehow, and he's not a Christian, you know, this secular study. And somewhere along the line, he got this idea, I wonder if words affect water. So he decided that he was going to label the water. He took uh, samples. He, he labels the water. And he was going to have people come in. That's what he did. People came in. And these waters over here you spoke positive to. These over here you spoke negative to. And like uh, you come into the positive, you speak love or you're, you're beautiful or appreciate you. I value you. Um, even one of the words they use was amazing grace. <laughs> so that's interesting for a secular study, amazing grace. Uh, so they, they used all these, these words and, and things uh, studying this. And let me give you some of the negative words. I was trying to remember. It's anger, hate. You make me sick. You're ugly. They, they said the word demon. Said you're an idiot. And they just, what they were doing, they were blessing with the positive. They were cursing with the negative. So after this was over, he froze them. And then he analyzed it again under the microscope. And those, no matter what source they came through, those that were blessed formed perfect, beautiful crystals. Those that were cursed were malformed. And he, he called them just dark and just kind of an ugly looking thing. So isn't that interesting? So then he decided to take his step forward. And he, forward and he said, I'm going to try music. And so he piped in music, and to the positive ones he had, to him, beautiful music was classical music. So uh, in the study, uh, I believe he used Beethoven. Uh, used, he used some inspirational nature uh, sounds and stuff, and that's why he played to the positive. And to the negative, he played heavy metal music and uh, said, I'm just going to test this. So he froze the water again, looked under the microscope, and those that listened to Beethoven formed beautiful crystals. Those that listened to the, this interesting on the heavy metal, said they didn't even form crystals. It was just a mass of darkness. N nothing there. And, and so he started, his summary was, words impact water. So uh, another interesting part of this, um, and you can find this online and, you know, read about it. And may he, um, oh, uh, he took his team and decided to try a different language. And so he gave him these German words to learn to pronounce and his team didn't even know what the words meant. So they're going to the positive side and they're saying love, except it's in German. Love, peace, joy, amazing grace. You're beautiful, you know, <laughs> doing that. And then they're taking the negative and they're speaking in German. You're an idiot. You're ugly. And, you know, and just going like that, anger, hate, you know, just, you know, all these things. And 
he once again goes back, freezes it. And do you know the water understood the language? Same thing happened, same results. Even though the people speaking it didn't know the language, the water knew the language. (laughs) So what has that got to do with us? Well, we're three quarters water. Is that eight, eight? We have a lot of water in us. So maybe when we speak to ourselves blessings and what God says about us, we're blessing our bodies. You remember Jesus blessed the food? Jesus blessed things. And it says we're not to be bitter water and and clean water where where to be the water that brings sweetness that brings blessing that means we need to be blessing we need to release blessing because words have power and it's it's just a a, a fascinating um thing to look at as christians we need to understand our words have power so we need to speak the truth in our lives, speak blessings, uh, and speak to your food, your water. And I don't, you know, I, I started calling my food blessed. Christ living in me and spirit, that me speaking and taking authority. So I, I call my food blessed. And you can start doing that in relationships, every area of our life. We can start speaking the blessing of the Lord. And maybe that's what we're supposed to rule and reign in this earth because of the gift of righteousness we've been given and because we have authority. The grace of God, the divine enablement to take dominion, we rule and reign in this earth. So maybe God wants us with our words to start taking dominion, to start being blessings, to start changing things. I said many neglect this because I hear it's easy for us to do, start speaking curses over our lives, speaking the negative. And I'm not saying there's not a time to share your obstacle, the mountain that you're facing. I've had times where people would go to extreme with this. They come up to me and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Be glad to. Love to. What are we praying about? I can't tell you. Um Excuse me? I thought you wanted prayer. I can't tell you it'd be a bad confession. Well, it does say to share your faults with one another. I'm not going around. I'm on broadcast, you know. And so there is a time that you open your heart, you know, to someone you can trust. It needs to be a believer. Don't open up to an unbeliever because they don't understand you. You're weird to them <laughs> because we trust God. And we we live according to his word. So what we need to do is know when we need to share a heart. We need help at times. We need each other. But at the same time, don't stay there. Don't just stay in that place. Start speaking what God says. Speak the blessing. Get the help. Take the steps and start speaking God's word. Start speaking the truth. Start speaking what God says. 
In Hebrews 11.3, it says, By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Let me read from the New Living. It says, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So we see here that the word of God formed everything. We know that um, when you look at molecules, there's motion inside that, that God created it. And God contains his word, creates it and contains it. But he's saying that God spoke. Now, here's the interesting thing. God saw it as necessary to speak. He had to, he spoke. He spoke from the invisible realm, and it changed the visible. He, it was necessary for God to speak it. Maybe it's necessary for us to speak it. It is necessary for us to speak it. Amen? God said, let, let there be. God speaking brought the invisible into the visible. Now, I heard a testimony, Ellen and I, uh, I think I shared it. Um, I don't know if I shared it Sunday uh, or the Sunday before. I shared it somewhere sometime. And, and this testimony was about a lady who, uh, she knew something was wrong in her body. You know when something's not, not right, and she decided to go to a doctor, and they couldn't find anything wrong with her. And... Um, she goes to another doctor, and she keeps going. She finally meets a doctor who was able to say what's going on. Turned out she had cancer of the pancreas. That's one of the worst ones. And um, she's seeking the Lord. She's a believer, and she said, Lord, I don't want to die. I want to stay here. And the Lord spoke to her clearly and said, well, don't own it. Fight for your life. Don't own the cancer. Don't take start taking possession of it and say, this is my cancer, woe's me, start possessing it, but fight for your life. And she took that to heart, and she put scriptures all over the place in her house, and she just started speaking what God's word says. Say so he sent his word and delivered them from their destructions. He brought healing. He brought wholeness. So anyway, she starts doing this, and she received healing. What happens many times is that we own it. You know, this has been pronounced uh, over us, and we just start confessing it. Uh, we're telling as many people as we can that, you know, we have cancer. Um, this is the details, and then at the end of it, say, would you please pray for me? And then uh, I told you about a man I ministered to, uh, in in Arkansas, that uh, we had many people healed, and uh, he comes up to me, asks for prayer, and um, pray for him. And then he went into this elaborate thing about his disease. He said the doctor now is calling him to deal with patients because of his information. I mean, he's been on the internet studying his disease so much that he's now helping the doctor. He's like. And he, almost with a, 
uh, a pride, you know, he said, I know more than the doctor now. And I'm thinking he has owned this thing to the place, and now he's become an expert in this disease, and and he's get, trying to minister to those that have it. And I'm thinking maybe if you had spent just a little bit, <laughs> you know, a fraction of the time you spent there just seeking God and being with him, you could get a greater answer. And and so we we live in such an information society, it's real easy to get bogged down with all the information. You know, if you look at maybe the doctors prescribe something for you to take and you get online and you look at that thing, by the time you finish, you have probably stirred up enough worry and stuff because just the warning section. Warning. Seldom happens, but this has caused death. <laughs> and it just goes through all this list. Uh, don't take aspirin while you're taking this. Don't exercise too hard while you're taking this. <laughs> don't breathe while you're taking this. <laughs> and it's going through this whole list uh, of stuff. And when they showed on TV, you know, they say it so quick. It's like Roger doing an auction. I mean, you know, it's great to hear Roger do that. It's, it's, it's really cool. But, I mean, it's just a blur, and you, you know, you, you might catch a little word out, death, you know, a couple of them, and then you just get immune to it. But when you get online, you read this list, you go, I don't know if I need to be taking this. And I suggest any medication you take, you offer it to God first. Lord, I'm taking this. I believe for the ben good benefits and not the bad side effects. Amen? We've had people, seen people do this. They've had no effect from chemotherapy because they were trusting God not to have the bad side effects. So we, we need to be, we need to be uh, wise. We need to not own what the enemy's trying to put on us, and we need to believe God. It's contrary. It is contrary to this world. And um, it's, not, it's not believed by this world. And a lot of Christians will look at you kind of weird. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 26 through 28, very familiar story to us about the Shulamite uh, woman. You remember she was believing for a child, uh, Elijah the prophet uh, spoke to her, and she, uh, you know, she had the promise of God for a child. Got that child, miracle baby. And one day, uh, her child comes in. He was like complaining of a headache or, or whatever, and he dies in her arms. And I want you to look at her response. What happens to her? You can imagine. How, how mama felt in this situation. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 26, it says, please run now to meet her. Uh, Elijah's talking to his uh, servant. And say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, it is well. Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she called him by the feet because he's a, and I didn't say that word. Somebody pronounce it right for me. That's it, Gehazi. That's closer. 
came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is deep in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? I want you to look at verse uh, 26. This is really amazing. What's her first response? Her first response is, is it well with your child? Is it is well. What is that? You know, well, pastor, she lied. Elijah never rebukes her, doesn't get on to her. You lied to me. Shulamite woman, <laughs> you lied to me. You're a liar. Get out of my sight. No wonder the child died. You're just a liar. <laughs> no. The reason was it was not a lie. She was looking past the facts, past the experience of holding her child and watching him die in her arms. She was looking to a higher Reality. She was looking to the spirit. Now, she was talking about her experience, talking about her circumstances. She lied. But she was talking the truth of God's word. She had a promise from God for, for her son. And God didn't just give you the son, then he dies. He's taken away, ripped away. So, what did God see in this? God saw faith. This was faith talk to him. It pleased him. It says it's impossible to please him without faith, without believing him. So she uh, looks beyond the facts to the truth. She looks at the invisible realm where it's yes and amen Christ, where in the spirit is, is the truth. And she, she knew that this was a promise of God for her. So the first thing she did was to affirm her faith. She believed over the facts about her son. She believed the outcome all would be well. She was looking at the end result. She was speaking the truth because she had the promise of God. It pleased God. How do I know it pleased God? Her, her son was resurrected from the dead. <laughs> there was, and you look in... Uh, Hebrews 11 said women had their sons raised by faith from the dead. She believed. Wow. She's a believer. What's our first response? That's what we got. You know, the first responders. What's your first response? Well, Pastor, I responded bad. Well, let me tell you, you can still get the right response. Even after you've messed up, you can get yourself to the right response. Because we can get hit with something, and our first response may not be like the Shulamite woman. It might be, no, it's not well with me, and nothing is well with me. <laughs> and, and all this is going on. But what we have to do is turn our emotions and go, I need to run to the one that is my peace. That is my answer. That is my strength. And you run to God. And that's the key, is running to him and not running uh, to the world. This is where I got to switch to what I've written down here. So this could get kind of dicey. 
<laughs> she wasn't lying. She was uh, speaking to God. Okay, she spoke what she did not currently have. She didn't speak what she currently had, but what she believed belonged to her. She believed she had a right or inheritance, say, for her child to be brought from the dead. Now, uh, one time I added up people that I know that have raised people from the dead. I can't remember what the number. I think it was 11 people or something like that. Have a friend that was a heart surgeon. He did the first heart transplant. And he said, there was only one problem with that transplant. The patient died on me. And said, I'm saying, God, this can't be. All this publicity, I'm the first one to do this. And the patient dies. So he said that something kicked into him. It was a gift of faith. <laughs> kicked into him, and he said, all doubt left. And he said he spoke to this man on the operating table that had died on him. He spoke and released the life of God. And he said, beep, beep, beep. The heart started beeping. Well, see, we think these are just stories, but it's real life. I mean, these really happened, and the same thing can happen to us Today, when we believe. God called this talking faith. He didn't say that she's in denial. That's why you got to watch it where you're talking to other people. You're just in denial. You're deceived. Listen to some reason. Some reasoning. And they give their opinion. But if you want to see God's hand, if you want to see the miraculous, you want to see healing, we have to believe him. We have to release faith in what he says. And faith is just trusting him, really. Also, I was thinking about she went to the man of God. And that's why I was saying, don't run to an unbeliever. I don't know how many times I've done marriage counseling and uh, one of them's getting their main counseling on the job from an unbeliever. And one of them we had turned out, I asked about the, this lady. She's talking and best friends with this lady at work. I said, uh, what's her background? Well, yeah, I told you she wasn't a believer. I said, no, I want to know about her, her marriage. Well, she's not married. Okay, let me get this right. You're seeing me once a week. You're seeing this person every day, and this is your chief counsel. This person is not a believer. This person's not married. Well, no, no, no. She has its parents. She has its parents. She's, she's been married, and she, had, and she kind of got and said, hmm. I think it's three or four times. And then she goes, well, you know, come think of it, she just pretty well hates men. She hates men. She's an unbeliever. Are you getting the picture here? 
She goes, I, I think I am. The only problem is I work with her and she's my best friend. Well, just tell her you're getting counseling, this particular area of your life, and um, you don't want to mix up the, the counseling and be getting different uh, opinions or whatever. Just so every, any way you want to say it, and y'all talk about something else. The marriage did, did get saved, but she had to wind up taking a radical step. She actually had to leave that place of employment because it was a group of women. And she said, I realized that they all hated men and said it all got to be just a, um, how'd she say it, a hen pecking, <laughs> uh, a, a group that was just, hitting men so hard that I realized it's like my eyes were open I'm getting so much negative and I go home I'm angry at my spouse who hadn't even done anything and it was just being passed on because what you hear Jesus said take heed what you hear so it means we need to watch what we're hearing well, it doesn't affect me, Pastor. I can watch and hear anything. That's not what Jesus said. So we have to be on guard and realize what we're uh, listening to. And, and, of course, that affects what we're speaking. And in Romans 4, 17, does anybody have their Bible with them? Read Romans 4, 17. The last part of it is what it would be. It's King James, so there we go. Okay. No, it's fine. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. He's speaking those things that be not if though they were. Well, that sounds like you're lying, but you're speaking what God says in his word as if it were. So what I'm doing, I'm speaking, I believe I'm healed by Jesus' stripes even when I feel bad. Even in the midst of maybe pain, whatever it is, I'm speaking those things that be not as if they were. And that's what God did. And it's faith talk. Now, did, did the Shulamite woman, did, Eli, did they deny that the child had died? She didn't come up and say, my child's not, how's your, how's your son? He's not dead. <laughs> didn't, didn't say that. Didn't deny that things exist, that circumstances and those things are real. They are. Just spoke above it. And that's what Christian scientists do. They deny they exist. But the Bible never says to do that. Just speak those things that be not as if they were. So I don't feel loved today, but the word says I'm loved by Father. So I receive that. I am loved by Father. I don't I feel pain in my body. Lord, I thank you that you're the healer. I believe in your healing power. 
I believe you hear my prayer. I believe I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. I'm calling those saints that be not as if they are. And if that's the way God operated, and he said we're to operate in that same spirit of faith. So I start speaking those saints that be not. I believe that God blesses me, that I have prosperity. Why? Because he promised me that Jesus became poor that I might become rich. That I might have prosperity, my needs met, more than enough. That God's a good father, a good God. So this is a principle of faith. The unseen or out of the spirit realm brought forth the natural physical realm. In the beginning, God brought the world into existence, the unseen realm. He spoke and it created this natural realm, what we see. And we can do the same thing. We're to speak this thing called faith. He calls those things that are unseen to come into the visible world. I can call those things that are unseen my healing, I can call for it to come into this physical place. God is holding, it says he framed the worlds by his word, and then he actually sustains the world or everything by his word. So what you call into existence from that spirit realm, which is truth, there's a higher reality in its natural realm. What you call into existence comes forth by the Word of God. And then the Word of God maintains the existence of that thing. Speaking causes wave sounds to, to be released. Molecules, atoms, protons. All the, if you took uh, anything, any object, and you look at it, it's just constant motion. What is keeping that thing together? The Bible says the Word of God keeps it together. If God, and he'd never do this, but, you know, he doesn't sleep nor slumber, but if he went to bed one night and he, he woke up the next day, kind of yawned, he goes, mm, you know what, I think I'm just going to pull back my Word. It'd be, I'm going to pull back my Everything disappear. Everything, be, I mean, because this word is keeping it all together. Everything's gone. This, this world is gone. We just evaporate. Because we're being held together by his word. It's how powerful this world, uh, his word is, that it keeps everything together. So you, you speak it, you, you, you confess it, and the word of God maintains it. How do you maintain it? How do you maintain your walk with God? You speak it. You walk it. You live it. And his word is constant. In Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 20, somebody read that for me. This really brings home about uh, uh, speaking the word. And this, this lady was speaking to herself. Who has that? Matthew 9, 20 through 22. 
Or 23, yeah. yeah. Twenty. Yes. Read 22. I have it written down here, too. But Jesus turned about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Okay. Take courage. And also it says, and will be of good comfort. Take courage. So what I want you to see here, she was saying to herself. She's speaking to herself. And what did God say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God uses our voice for us to hear faith. And he also uses our voice to persuade ourselves of faith. You know, there's no one you believe better than more than yourself. So you start speaking to yourself what God says, and it persuades you. We want to be fully convinced. But said that she was saying to herself, if I can touch him in his garment, I'll be healed. And she had gone through this uh, bleeding, this hemorrhaging for 12 years. Imagine. But she hears about Jesus. How did she know about Jesus? She heard. She heard the report. And she said to herself, if I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. I will be healed. And the, the verb here, saying, she was saying to herself, is present continuous sense. Or we, you could call it incessantly saying it. I mean, she was just saying it all the time to herself. She's speaking to herself. And present continuous sense. She wasn't stopping. She's just saying it. And God saw this as faith. So you can talk to yourself something, and maybe you don't believe it at the time, but you can talk yourself into it. Why? You're persuading yourself with the truth, and God's word has power. It is the truth. So she's saying this over and over to herself, and she's not saying that, uh, you know, that she's a victim, oh, all the suffering and, and complaining, and no. She's, she's calling for her healing. She's speaking forth what she believes. And she believes it. In fact, Jesus, you remember, he's, he's in the crowd. that she was desperate to get to him. But she was convinced and persuaded if she could get to him and touch him, she'd be home. So Jesus, you remember, they're going along and, the, and he turns, who touched me? Well, you know, the disciples, everybody's touching you, Jesus. What do you mean? <laughs> There's a crowd around here. I may have bumped you, Jesus. <laughs> and he said, no, this was a different touch. He felt virtue come out of him. This was a touch of faith. And then it said she fell down, you know, Lord, it's me. And he said, your faith, your faith has made you whole. 
How was this faith activated? How did it begin? She was saying to herself. She's speaking to herself. She wasn't going around telling everyone else. She was saying this to herself, and she would not stop. It was continuous. I mean, she said, if I can touch him, if I can get to him, if I can touch him in his garment, I will be made home. If I can touch him, if I can touch him. And, and I can just see her going through the crowd because it was illegal for her to be there. She could be killed, be stoned. But she's going, I'm going to touch him. He's right there. I'm just, I'm going to touch him. Oh, here it is. I'm going to touch him. Hey, I got, whoa. Who touched me? Um, mm, me. <laughs> Be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. So when you get this understanding, that's where we speak to ourselves. There's power in it. We can get fully convinced by speaking. Her mouth spoke her convictions and Jesus called it faith her faith made her home your faith in Jesus's finished work at the cross will make you well it will make you well and you you speak it forth it worked for her it'll work for us he's not a respecter person Jesus used words that people criticize I got to thinking about Jesus and his friend Lazarus you remember Lazarus had died Jesus stayed away a few days where he could die, <laughs> and uh, he dies. He tells his disciples, look, uh, Lazarus has fallen asleep. Uh, we need to go, go see him. And the disciples are going, well, if he's fallen asleep, just let him wake up, Jesus. You know, he'll wake up. But everything will be okay. He's going to wake up. What was he doing? He was speaking this faith. He was just speaking that he was going to be raised up from the dead. And finally he had to tell his disciples, look guys, he's dead. All right? <laughs> he's dead, but we're going to resurrect him. He's coming alive again. Speaking the faith. Then I thought about the woman, um, you remember the the daughter who died, and um, was that Jairus' daughter? You remember, um, he, he comes to Jesus and said, my daughter's dead. And uh, Jesus said, we're coming to your house. What happens when he gets to the house? They mock him. They have professional mourners. I mean, they're crying out. They're, they're just doing their thing. And Jesus had to send them out of the house. Now, why did he send them out of the house? Because what you hear, the unbelief, the doubt, could impact everything. So Jesus could do no mighty works in his hometown because of the unbelief. Now, if it affected Jesus, maybe it affects us. Maybe we have to clear our house of the doubt and unbelief stuff and focus in on what's bringing faith, what's bringing peace, joy, righteousness, the things of the kingdom. Then we get that stuff out. So what does Jesus do? He goes in, raises her from the dead, say, hey, give her something to eat. Yeah. She's hungry. She's like, hey, I'm hungry. 
like any good 12-year-old. Give me something to eat. Well, Jesus, he, he spoke things that people didn't understand. And he was criticized for it. He was ridiculed for it. But there's a higher reality than what we see in the scene. And we can change some things by grabbing hold of the unseen, speaking what God says, and changing the scene. Hallelujah. Look at John chapter 11, verse 11. That might be, well, go ahead and read it, whoever has it. Jerry, give Terry a break. <laughs> yeah, 11 through 14. Okay. These things he said, and after that he said to them, All where Lazarus laid, Jesus is dead. Look at Matthew nine Imagine there a funeral and somebody comes in. Hey, stop it. She should sleep. <clears throat> now, I don't recommend you do that natural unless you know that you know that you know. <laughs> That's what uh, Smith Wigglesworth did. You read about that. And he uh, going to the funeral home and uh, just taking the body out of the uh, casket, you know, raising it to the wall and said, live in the name of Jesus. And three times the body just dropped. And uh, in the meantime, they, they said the funeral director had come and he's trying to, you know, stop all this. And, and Smith was kind of gruff in his ways. And um, I think one of the accounts said that he uh, gave him a look and said, get out. He was funeral director. He owned play. <laughs> but get out. And raised him up again. And then the dead man and Smith came and opened the doors and greeted everyone. He had 21 people raised from the dead's ministry. Something that came to me, that story also when you talked about the professional mourners. Yes. And thought about that. Yeah, you're messing up my income here. You know, Jesus stopped a, a funeral. You remember he raised uh, the boy from the dead in the funeral procession. Uh, I don't know if people got paid or they just got half their pay. <laughs> what happened there? So we can speak against circumstances. We can use our faith. You know, it's, it's faith to us. It's foolishness to the world. And so we have to really watch who we're speaking to. Exodus 4, verse 12 and 15. 
be coming in for a landing here soon. Exodus 4, verse 12 and 15. Interesting verse here. Interesting verse here. This, you know, God <laughs> talking to Moses. He didn't say, I'll be with you. He said, I'm going to be with your mouth. <laughs> and you start thinking about that. I'm going to be with your mouth. If God is with our mouth, maybe we need to be mouthing. What kind of mouth is God with? He's with the mouth that is speaking what he says. It's speaking the truth. God is, is with you, and a lot's connected with the mouth. <laughs> now, we wouldn't use that, you know, you know uh, Jerry, uh, I'm, I'm glad things are going well. Uh, uh, I'll see you at the party, Jerry, and I'll be with your mouth. <laughs> you know, I'll be with you. you know, but God said, I'll be with your mouth. And what he was saying is, I will be with those that will be with my mouth, what I say. When we speak, we speak uh, words that are contrary to the word. When we speak words of uh, doubt, unbelief, anger, curses, uh, when we're speaking these things... We're speaking the enemy's language. And I'm not saying there's not a time. I mean, there's some parents, I, I say, they need to deal with some things, you know. <laughs> and you got, and that's good being a good parent, training them. Oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. You need to hurt their feelings in their bottom. Because it's hurting everybody else's feelings around here. You know, that's, that's good training. Uh, that's what we're supposed to do. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about... Going around, you're so negative and you're, you're just, everything you see, you criticize, you judge, you blame, you, you're just negative. And it, it's affecting you, it's affecting those around you. What if our houses were a place where people, there was love and compassion and blessing? Doesn't mean that we don't train, that we don't correct. Jesus did. But there should be... Uh, we should be known for blessing people. Do you know you'll get more out of your children when you bless them? You bring the correction. Say, you lied about this, but I want you to know you're not a liar. You just lied. You made a mistake. That's wrong. And there are consequences for that. Because there's consequences in this world. But even as God still loves you, I still love you and I'm for you. And that's not you. Let me tell you who you are. You're a person of integrity. You're a person who tells the truth. You're a delight to your mom and dad. You're a blessing everywhere you go. Everything you lay your hand to, you prosper in. You have good character. You have a good name. You serve a good father, a good God. You are mighty in the hands of the Lord. 
You're one who speaks blessings. You love your sister even though she gets on your nerves. You love her and you protect her. You guard her. You're for her. That's who you are. And you can't help it. You're a Thomas. That's the way we are. You know, you, you use your name, your family. That's who we are. And you train them and you, and you start speaking that into them. We have a lady in this church and, I, you know, she taught uh, in, in South Africa, did, was a teacher. And she got to studying this stuff about the word and the power in it. And she said, ask the principal, because she was teaching the class, the, the lowest class, they were really failing and having problems and issues. That was the class she worked with. She said, I want to know if I can have permission to tell them that they're smart and start blessing them. He said, well, sure. And, he, and she went in and goes, you know, uh, most of you think that you're the class that's kind of below level and everything that you're kind of, uh, and one of the students go, the dumb class. And he said, said yeah, that's, that's what you think. But let me just go ahead and tell you the truth. You're the smart class. They go, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, you're the smart guy. I had to convince them that you are smart. And, and, and just day after day, you told them what a blessing they are and that they comprehend and that they're able to study and do these things and just really minister to them. What happened to them? Their grades exploded upward. They started believing it because you get what you believe. They believed it. And they became one of the higher classes. Because we get what we believe. Why? I just don't believe that. Well, you need to get to, in the Word till you believe it. <laughs> we, we need to get persuaded to where we believe it. And I believe that it didn't take that much as, you know, I, I believe the Word of truth is more powerful than all the words of the lies. And you don't have to become a monk and bury yourself in a cave somewhere and spend, you know, 20 out of 24 hours in the Word. And like, no, I believe it's more powerful than that. If you get a daily dose of the incorruptible power of the Word of God, it can make you contagious and infuse you with power and strength. We just need our daily, our daily dose we need, we need to get an infusion. And then every once in a while, spend more time with him. He didn't expect you not to work. I can remember getting so radically saved. You know, all my friends were all talking about, we're going to quit work. Now, that's just crazy talk. That's stupid. The word says we're the work. But, you know, we're thinking, we're just all going to quit. <laughs> What are you going to do? Oh, I'm just going to study the word and believe for God just to send me money in the mail and all this. <laughs> and then you're reading the word and says, he that doesn't work doesn't eat. Oh, what do you do with that? I'm the work. You mean work is a blessing? Work is a four-letter word that's not a curse word? It's a blessing? Oh, my, I've had this so wrong. And then what do you do? You go to work and you start blessing your company instead of, 
All that rascal that's wrong. Oh, my boss. Oh, my goodness. I just can't stand him. Bless his heart. I can't stand him. <laughs> and just start speaking. I know our sales are going down. I know things are going down the tube. But no, you come in and say, what a blessed place to work. What a, a great place to work. We're, we're so blessed. I mean, people are hungry and thirsty for our product and our services. People need it. People like Shane and Robert need that pest control. There's pests out there. <laughs> we need to get rid of ticks. We're not made to live with ticks or scorpions or snakes or <laughs> whatever. We, we just... We don't need it. But see the attitude of the heart. We're to be people of excellence. And when you go into work like that and you bless the place, you know what's going to happen? The blessing of the Lord because you're speaking what he says. He wants us to be successful. But we're expecting to be successful and we're going in and cursing the very thing that is providing a paycheck for our family. And just listen around. Had a guy the other day in church, and he told me, I'm having so much trouble at where I work. I said, why? He said, because people I work with, we go up on break, and they're just slamming the company and slamming the company and slamming the company. And I, I met a, a guy the other day, and he was doing, he didn't know we were in the same line of work, and he winds up slamming my company. I said, what are you going to do about it? He said, I'm going to start blessing out loud this company and telling them, look, this is where you're getting your check from. We need to appreciate it. There's a lot of people that don't have work. You know, I said, yeah, that's, that's the start. That's what I do. I walk away from it. They won't receive you, just walk away from it. You don't be speaking what the enemy says. You speak life. We're to be a blessing here. We're not to be going around being a curse. It's good preaching. Thank you, Bob. Blessing our family. Hallelujah. A perverse mouth. Um, I've got down here Proverbs 4.24. I don't remember if that was the verse. Look at Proverbs 4.24 and we're going to close with that. Well, we got one more after that. Just Proverbs um, 4.24. Okay, uh, it's talking about controlling their mouth. Uh, I've got down here perverse mouth. That's probably uh, King James or New King James, but it means contrary. Contrary to what? Contrary to truth. Contra Don't let your mouth be speaking deceit, dishonesty, uh, perversion. What is it? It means contrary. Contrary to what God says. So we need to watch our mouse and this is the last verse Jeremiah 15 19 
Who has it? Anybody? Okay. shall be as my mouth. Wow. We represent Jesus on this earth. Our mouth represents him. The verse before that says, okay. why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable? That's the verse before that. Wow. Read both of those together then. Oh, that's good. Is that what you were on chair, Pam? Read it from the Amplified. Oh, do you have it memorized, Amplified? No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. to look it up yeah, and the amplified. It was powerful, your translation. I like the Pam translation. It was powerful. <laughs> so everybody looked that up in the amplified. That's Jeremiah 15, 19. But, you know, he's it's with our mouth. Or we with him, I guess, is the, is the question. Talking the feet. Disaster, destruction, poverty, death, anger, unforgiveness, enemy, words. Obedient lips produce obedient bodies, obedient life. Well, to feel differently, think and speak differently. Think and speak differently. We can take control of our thoughts by the words we choose to speak as an act of your will. You can start speaking the truth. Doesn't mean the circumstances change. Don't mean that uh, the pain is left or, or whatever it is. Just start speaking the truth. And you're calling for that from the unseen to be in the seen, to be the, the visible. Wow. Your emotions are in your mouth. And, you know, we talk about, um, I've talked about emotions a good bit recently, but your um, emotions are something that can drive us and we can, we can speak truth to our emotions and our emotions will calm down. One of the things that God has given us is praise and worship or music to control our emotions. He knows that music affects us. What's a, a scripture for that? Well, it says that David calmed Saul and think about this. 
he quieted demons in Saul. What can praise and worship do to a believer that's connected with God? Can bring soothing calmness to our emotions. Because our emotions get, can get out there. That's the reason you come to the church and you're loaded down with cares and all this stuff's going on. You get in the praise and worship. What happens? Those cares leave. Peace comes. And we could take a, a praise break anytime. So, man, I'm putting some music on because I need it. You need some inspiration? You need something? Well, put on some some music that will inspire you, that will lift you, get some, get some energy, get some strength. Got down here, uh, David calmed the demons that were controlling Saul. <laughs> we just got to be wise. And take advantage of what God's word says. And we got to put guard over our mouth. Scientists, and you can find this uh, in uh, Carol Leaf's book, what, uh, where she talks about the brain. Anybody remember the title of that book? Who Turned Your Brain Off? I think is what it is. Carolyn. Caroline uh, Leaf, a tremendous book, but she said that your thoughts and what you say, your body will respond to it and actually it'll do everything in its power. It will start working to bring to pass what you're saying. That's set up that way. And she said that your brain, it's kind of like the water in the crystals. If you... Uh, have anger or unforgiveness or whatever, say in your brain they can see a tree and it's a dark tree that is formed. They can look at that same thing when you forgive or release the anger or whatever's going on. That tree changes to a tree of light and said you can, in your brain, you can start planting trees of light. I always knew you have a bunch of trees up there. Well, <laughs> that's right. But I, the, the book is saying that your body has been created by God to respond to what you believe or what you say. So what you believe. Now, I'll never forget this testimony I heard years ago. There's a guy who... Uh, he had pain in his body, went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you got four-stage cancer was the results of this. He goes, oh, is that all? I said, okay. So aren't you going to get chemo? Um, no, no, I'm finished. Okay, I just want to know. And he just got in the Word, and he, all he did was spend time in the Word, spend time in the Word, and he still worked through, through all this. But I think when I heard the testimony, that had been when the doctor told him that it had been over 20 years. 
did you go back to the doctor? No, I never read my act. I just want to know what's going on. It's no problem for God. Now we're not all in that place. You know? <laughs> and that, that's okay. I'm just giving you an example. It's kind of like um, Lester Summerall. You remember that he was in another country and and he woke up in the night. There was a lot of witchcraft and voodoo going on and stuff. And his bed is shaking. And his bed moves uh, over across the room. And, you know, he's at first going, well, you know, is this an earthquake? What's going on? The demonic presence and all this. And he, and he goes, stop in the name of Jesus. And his bed stopped and everything. And he's going, my goodness. So he's laying there. He goes, hold it. Said in the name of Jesus, put it back. Boom. <laughs> it went back in the spot. We have power and authority. But our battlefield is between our two ears. It really is. And we're all, we're all have a tendency to get lax, get comfortable. And we always have to bring ourselves back to the word of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord. I, I just thank you for encouraging uh, scripture today. I, I, I thank you, Lord, that we take heed to what you say. And we want to put a guard on our mouths. We want to speak truth. We want to speak blessing. We want to be a blessing to those around us. We want to speak life. We want to uh, speak those things that we're believing in our heart to see in our, our kids and our spouse and our family. We want to speak in uh, those things, Lord, that we desire to see from your work concerning our jobs. We want to see our place of employment blessed. We want to see our business blessed. We want to walk in the light, not in the darkness. We want to be those the, that sweet water, not bitter water. We want to see people uh, happy that we're coming and smiling that we're coming in their presence instead of avoiding. We want to be people that are positive. We want to be people that honor you with our mouths, that, we, that you're with our mouths. And, and Lord, we want to represent you well on the earth. We thank you that you're a healer. I thank you, Lord, for loving us so much that you spilled your precious blood, that you came and you took our place. There was a great exchange that took place. And now we accepted you as Lord and we're the redeemed of the Lord. And you said to say so. Those that are redeemed say so. So we say we're redeemed. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And we speak forth your will and your plan and your purpose and your mission in the earth. And we change our world to look like the unseen where you're at. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.